Hey guys, it's your girl Charlotte Walker, aka the PDNP, inviting you to take our new podcast survey. The link is in the description below. We'll be asking you to take this survey and let us know what you know about the podcast, what you like about the podcast, what you dislike about the podcast. We want all the tea on what you think about the podcast. So like I said, take a couple minutes, hop on, take the survey, and get us your feedback so we can continue to make the show as lit as possible. Now let's hop into the show. We've always believed in something called progress. It's time to get lit. What kind of lit? Health lit. That's what I'm talking about. It's time to get educated about health conditions affecting our community. Your health is very important. Check in with experts on important topics like breast cancer, diabetes, prematurity, and much more. This show is lit. No one should know you better than you. So lock in. Welcome to Your Health is Lit. Hi guys, welcome to another Your Health is Lit podcast. My name is Charlotte Walker, aka the PDMP. My name is Donna Williams, aka the Public Health Queen. And this is Tiffany Flowers, the Mental Health Passionist. Squad. So as you guys know, it is another podcast, another week of lit news, info, and health wins. So let's hop right into it with our lit news. So I guess I'm going to go first and share my article, what I thought was very interesting. So the Surgeon General, well, the U.S. Surgeon General, who is Dr. Jerome Adams, um, has warned you about vaping. So we are going to discuss that. So, right now, the Surgeon General has officially declared e-cigarette use among youth an epidemic in the United States. Yeah. You know it's real when they say epidemic. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what they're calling it. And he's had a little news conference stating that now is the time to take action. Basically saying how we need to protect our young people uh, from all the tobacco products, including e-cigarettes. So the Surgeon General right now is asking all parents and teachers to educate themselves about the variety of the e-cigarettes and talk with their children about the dangers. Um, They also want health professionals to start chiming in and talk about e-cigarettes when they're screening their patients Mm -hmm. for tobacco usage. I don't know for you. If when you talk to your um, kids in the clinic, if you when you ask about the tobacco use, do you also ask about e-cigarettes as well? Because some yeah. people are like... And I have a very funny story. Okay. So my spiel is, um, and I started about eight or... I actually started about nine, ten, because okay. there was a study that came out that said that middle schoolers are using that jewel um, e-cigarette cartridge. So I'm going to touch on that too. Yes. In the article too. Yes. So... When I saw that study, I'm like, okay, I really need to start, you know, educating parents. Um, so we'll say, I'll say no drugs, no alcohol. When I say drugs, I mean like smoking, cigarettes, e-cigarettes, vaping. Okay. And so I'll tell the parents about, you know, the stuff with the jewel and, you know, kind of educate them on what to look out for because a lot of parents, because of the way that it is manufactured and the way that it looks, doesn't know what to look for. Um, and then I had a mom. It was, y'all, it was hilarious. This is the stuff I deal with in clinic. The boy was probably about 10. And mom was like, I don't even think he knows what vaping is because I was like, vaping. And she said, she looked at the boy, do you know what vaping is? He said, yeah. Remember you told me it's when a man lays on top of a lady and she doesn't want him to. What? Oh, my. <laughs> That's not vaping. <laughs> that is not vaping. <laughs> that is vaping. <laughs> oh man, kids, y'all. But he, but the mom. This was right around the time that Brett Kavanaugh stuff was going on. So mm-hmm. mom was like, we were talking about. She was like, in like a like a slight like freaked out parental panic. We were talking about it because the stuff is in the news. And I was just letting him know, and it was like right after that story where that um, young boy got accused of touching that lady's behind, and so she was like educating him, but. I just thought that was the funniest. Y'all, I turned around and could not stop. <laughs> she he was so certain. Yeah. Lady's on top of a lady. No, sir. Yeah, so I definitely um, touch base with my parents about vaping and e-cigarettes. I let them know, you know, like, 
one cartridge of liquid nicotine has like 24, you know, the nicotine equivalent of 24 cigarettes. And we, we really do talk about it because a lot of people, you know, think that it's quote unquote safer um, than smoking traditional cigarettes. And that's not the case. That's true. And so something that the Surgeon General is asking is that local authorities should use some strategies such as bans on indoor vaping and retail restrictions and also trying to discourage the vaping by the young people. Mm -hmm. Now, what prompted this with the Surgeon General was that the latest statistics on vaping among youth, which they found e-cigarettes use was the highest among high school students. And from last year to this year, there was like a very huge amount increase, mm -hmm. um, which they describe it as a dramatic increase, but they really didn't go into the stats. So I'll have to do a little bit more researching on that. Um, but they did, but the federal officials did single out one person, and that was Juul Electronic Cigarettes for mm -hmm. fueling the epidemic. Um, they stated that their devices are like sleek and by far one of the most popular electronic cigarettes among the youth. Mm -hmm. um, now the company did try to defend its products and they did make a statement saying that they are taking steps to prevent young people from using them they said for example the company stopped distributing some flavors to the retail stores and they've taken other steps to make sure that young people don't buy devices online that just happened in september because um the it i think it was the fda they got ran like they ran up on them it wasn't by choice. They got in trouble. And so then in response to them getting in trouble because they threatened to shut them down because the, the issue is that the device looks like a USB, like a USB stick. And so middle schoolers were going to school and vaping and the teachers were none the wiser because it looks like a USB stick. Wow. Yeah. That's really crazy. Now they did say that officials are, um, very alarmed by the proportion of young people who aren't educated and don't realize that the electronic cigarettes do contain nicotine, nicotine. Um, which is a lot of people don't know a highly addictive drug. Uh -huh. um, and they did single the jewel cartridge that and said that it contains as much as um, a pack of 20 to 24 tobacco cigarettes. Um, so I think definitely that if we do, I know you said you do educate um, your patients and their parents, which is something good. So maybe this is just a learner, learning moment for everyone. Yeah. Um, because like you said, some people don't realize that they are mm -hmm. uh, e-cigarettes. And um, sometimes, unfortunately, a lot of people don't realize that the um, e-cigs can be addicted. Yes. They don't realize that. They're just thinking, oh, it's just like it's nothing it doesn't have any nicotine mm -hmm. in it and it's not going to do me any harm but i don't think they actually realize yeah and another thing that i think that um i've also found um a step in the right direction mm -hmm. is on monday nights my guilty pleasure it's not even a guilty pleasure i like wrestling okay let's just talk about it so monday nights when i watch um monday night raw they have commercials the a lot of the commercials are those truth commercials and a lot of the tr truth commercials have now incorporated um these like muppets where it's like vaping is safer than it's like making all these weird noises and it talks about the you know the dangers of um e-cigarettes too so even on the national standpoint there are now commercials um warned like those truth.com commercials warning against uh the use of e-cigarettes i've been scared to smoke cigarettes ever since i every time i see that lady on the commercial girl with the um well, Trey, girl, obviously. If you want to smoke cigarettes, yes. <laughs> make sure you cover your tray hole when you're in the shower. Yeah. Yes, that yeah. was like. No. Those commercials are those commercials are so real and raw though, and I love them. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them at the if you like at the end of the commercial they'll say like such and such died at 50 yeah. years old, like something just extremely young. So, yes, e-cigarettes, cigarettes, marijuana. Like I tell, I like I go through the list. Crack. Uh, like all of it don't smoke anything everything that God wanted you to have in your body honey you have okay all right but yeah that's my story so I will definitely be following this story to see what type of things updates they yes we'll provide updates and so hope you guys enjoyed it okay so I have a little quick um easy peasy story mine is about 
um, a recent article that came out yesterday in Time Magazine um, talking about how barbershops are the key to improving the health among African-American men. Um, so there was a doctor at Cedar sinai Hospital. Um, his name was Dr. Ronald Victor. Um, he came up with a program where they were stationing pharmacists in barbershops. Um, and he found that over a period of time, there was a significant decrease in the amount of um, hypertension in those communities. Um, pressures were reduced as much as like, like the numbers were coming down at, by at least like 30, which is really significant. Um, uh, like that, that's the difference between you being um, in a hypertensive crisis versus you being in stage one hypertension. Um, so I thought it was really amazing. Um, they studied 300, so they went to 52 different barbershops. There was about 319 men that participated. Um, each shop randomly had a, a pharmacist assigned. They would get their uh, blood pressures checked and they would also get treatment. So the reason that I think this is so dope is one, because this is a way for us to kind of meet men where they are. You know they're gonna to go to the barbershop faithfully and the barbershop is seen as a safe haven and there's a really big distress between black men and our, um, our community, like the health, the medical community. And so I think going to where they are and kind of meeting them on their level in a place that they feel safe is dope. Here's why I think it's super dope. Not only because it, it offered results, um, as you guys know, African-American men are at like the highest rate of not only developing hypertension, but dying from hypertension because they don't go to the doctor and they're less likely to get on medication or even get diagnosed. Um, what makes this really dope to me is when I was in college, I did a barbershop tour as a part of my community health class. So my professor, Dr. Sheila Grigsby, um, shout out to Dr. Sheila, she's the bomb.com. She was the only black teacher in the entire program. <laughs> so when I saw her, I was already like, ah, like she looks like me and she's a nurse and she's doing dope stuff. But we went to inner city um, barbershops and like we were all placed in the groups and we went and we did blood pressure screenings. Um, we talked about smoking cessation and it was the response was so appreciated and it was so much fun and it really lit my passion for being active in the community and meeting people where they are because there were some people that we straight up had to send to the hospital i was like sir your blood pressure is 160 over 100 like we're gonna call ems right now um because you can have a stroke so you know i think it's amazing the 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 black man in healthcare. I can't wait until next summer because we're going to tackle this men's health month. We're coming for you. Like, it's going to be so amazing. Um, but so just to see that this story is making a national news and that that other doctors and other physicians in other parts of the country outside of um, Dr. Grigsby and her program that she has at the University of Missouri St. Louis, more people are picking up on this trend and it makes me hopeful that we can have it's where we're going out into the community and providing healthcare. We're not always relying on people to come to us. I definitely think that this is a story that kind of needs to be shared and needs to be out in the uh, media and news, something showing more positivity. And like you said, what better way to meet someone in their own environment where they feel comfortable at, where they're more likely um, to express what's going on with their health care mm -hmm. instead of going into I feel like sometimes when you go into the doctor's office it's kind of like so tense and impersonal yeah impersonal so tense and you almost feel like you're being rushed by your doctor mm -hmm. and you sometimes feel like you can't say everything that you want to say right um, but I think that's amazing uh going out into their communities and just bringing that service um to them so that's that's wonderful. That's like definitely a kudos moment to them. And I think mm -hmm. that's where healthcare should kind of go more towards is the community. Actually going into the community, getting yeah. hands deep within the community and bringing those services to your community. 
Yes, girl. So, yes. So, like I said, I thought it was dope because I was like, oh, my gosh, I did that. Like, Dr. Gritchie had us do that when we were in nursing school. And now it's making national news. And so there's definitely um, a trend. And, you know, if you want to get to, if there's a population that you want to tackle, you need to meet them where they are. And so I think that barbershop tours are amazing. They're dope. And they're making changes. That just inspired me because I want to open my own, like, I would kind of say like a recent, maybe like a resource center, like a clinic offering mm-hmm. like different services in these like underserved communities, right? Um, specifically minority communities or whatever. So that's dope. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to follow this story some more. Yes. Yeah. All righty. So I get the juicy stuff tonight. Yes, that's why I had to say you for last because I was like, this is about to be amazing. Oh, it's gonna be juicy. She got the tea. I know y'all gonna have some stuff to probably say about me. It's okay. I can handle it. We love you. That's why I love you. Kanye West. Oh god. <laughs> you know, this is kind of I'm from the shop. He from the shot. I'm from Southside. He from Southside. So it got me in my feelings, which is kind of calling on what I'm talking about. Because (laughs) he had it with Drake on Twitter. Can I just wait at the top of this? Approximately 100 tweets. At the top of this, I just want to say that Aubrey Graham. AKA Drake, AKA Jimmy from Degrassi is Bay. So yeah, you don't mess with me. That's my husband. Okay, I just want to. I'm like, no, look, like we we could go know. for a lot of things, but, but I'm just today saying today today no, girl, this is Kanye over the week. The weekend coming from what he did to the shy, and you know what I'm saying was like monumental, right? And to see him where he's at now. It's even hard for me to comment on it, but I think it's needed. Yes, it's heartbreaking. And so, okay, so apparently he gets into another rant here. Um, He goes on Twitter, sends out about almost 100 tweets, aiming at Drake, um, accusing him of getting people hurt, and um, it wouldn't be no Drake without him. Um, saying that he's the cause of the Pusha T um, incident uh, where someone got stabbed at a concert. Um, Then he turned around and said, well, if you're calling me bipolar, then this, you know, this kind of can get me ramped. So saying that he putting a target on his head, um, he sneaked dissing him, you know, all this kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's really been kind of coming up. You know, we've been seeing him in the news with, it all started really with that infamous hat um, and some other different things too. I kind of saw the breakdown coming way before. Right. Um, honestly, for me, when he married Kim Kardashian. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Look, I, this is what I was saying. So that's just when me. Kanye came out. I love Kanye. College dropout is one of the fire. Okay, through the what fire, through the wire. Maybe feel like I could sing, um, and that song all falls down. I be like, wait it up. Okay, that is my jam. Right, and he brought on everybody you know that was from the shot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just a big deal. Common. I mean, he even helped take Common to a whole nother level yeah. when he came out. Like, these were the people that was, like, our neighborhood guys right. that just went international when he came on the scene. I feel like so, Kanye has, one has second. always had some, like, some form of, like, you could tell, right? Like, some of his, as he got more and more famous, his outbursts, but something about after his mama passed away. And honestly, I'm on... I'm gonna dismiss that too. That has nothing to do with anything. You don't think so that that no. like that that no. would like send him just no. kind of in a downward spiral? No, no, oh, I do. No, and I'm I gonna tell you why not. Okay, I'm here for it. <laughs> Grief does not have to do with dysfunctional behavior. Okay? okay, it was already there. The probably the only difference was 
is that his mom probably helped censor him. Yes, that's what I said. That's what I yeah. educated woman, mm-hmm. but the loss of her in of herself is not the cause of his disorders. Oh no, he was already okay. tripping when he so said George Bush don't like black people. Was he was that's how, that's what I said. He was already doing things that you could tell. At first, we kind of took it as like him being outlandish and outspoken, and we love it because the stuff that he said we agreed with. After Katrina and George Bush flew over um, New Orleans in a plane, and that man got on national TV, was like, George Bush don't care about black people. We were like, yeah, we agree. Come through Kanye. But not realizing, like, like looking back on that, that and just some other things, I was like, he's always, like, he's always suffered from mental illness. It just is now. He like like I like that's what I meant when his mom died. Like well, he probably served to get up. into is that what people are trying to say? To what extent is this bipolar disorder? Mm-hmm. Is this narcissistic personality disorder? Is it just him being a public stunt? And you know, for me, really, it's called dual diagnosis. Uh, I definitely, based on my clinical experience would have diagnosed him with uh, narcissistic personality disorder. And that's some of the things that we probably saw initially, Mm -hmm. which was that, um, and those traits is just like um, exaggerated sense of Mm -hmm. self-importance, that feeling of entitlement, uh, need for excessive praise, and just arrogant and judgmental. So we thought like those comments you said, oh, he just been outspoken. No, that was just him being a narcissist. Um, and it was a a, 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 a joke that um, Dave Chappelle said. He said, this is how I know that uh, Kanye was going to be dope. Basically, nobody knew of Kanye, okay? But he got invited to the, one of the screenings of his show at the time. Somebody called him. He answered the phone. And he said, I'm actually in a, in a private screening watching stuff with um, Dave Chappelle because my life is shit. It's the bomb and hung up on somebody, right? Wow. That's the narcissistic personality disorder that comes out. What we're seeing now is more of the bipolar disorder uh, with the specification of psychotic features. Okay. Okay. So here's what I knew that his, and it's not being managed. So bipolar disorder is not, and this is to me what's most kind of, damaging about is that people with bipolar disorder are now being seen like they crazy or you know Mm -hmm. they get these labels they're not crazy it's a treatable disease right you just have to be willing to go through the process of getting it um so it's a difference between um bipolar disorder um it's depth um, different levels of it, but it's also a, another type of bipolar disorder, which is with psychotic features. So if you've noticed recently, and I'm going to explain this, and you can tell me on his interview with TMZ, and um, where was he at when he had the interview? He said the slavery was a choice. And all Girl, that TMZ. Like that. TMZ. Um, that they become uncontrollably excited. You know, um, decreased mm-hmm. um, need for sleep, um, even um, self-esteem is even more inflated, grandiose ideas, overconfidence, you know, um, not being able to have social inhibitions, okay, reckless, inappropriate right. in, in circumstances. Does this sound familiar? Like he's not being appropriate in certain circumstances. Yeah, not being appropriately treated. And so, uh, and also behavior that's reckless. And so with the combination of this, these psychotic features, you know, people coming after me, Drake ain't said nobody over there. I was just watching um, a video with Charlemagne the God and Drake literally lives up the street from Kanye. So he is yeah. not out to get him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's the sad thing is he's not getting medicated. And I knew he wasn't being medicated when he said, um, he now, he said, I view my bipolar disorder as a special gift. And that's a sign of mania, which people are really attracted to mania because you do feel so creative, even though it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. to other people. Yeah. Um, and so he's being untreated 
and he doesn't have a team that's saying because really at this point if he had loving people around him mm -hmm. he could get committed and actually be you know be treated treated mm -hmm. um because he has enough of it and the other sad thing kind of similar to britney spears is that now it's in the public mm -hmm. and now people are trying to get you know clout for the, the news of it yeah you know, things of that nature and they're giving him too much weight as far as he just he's messing up the culture yeah. no he's ill kanye does not dictate dictate the culture yeah someone that's ill he needs help mm -hmm. let's take that that pressure of him having cultural impact away from him right now yeah because he and doesn't just encourage him to get well yeah and so that's kind of my suggestion um and kind of the perspective of it let's take that weight he cannot carry that responsibility at this time mm -hmm. um because he's untreated yeah and he said he's been off of his meds for six months yeah and so if but that not but when and that mania and then the narcissism comes in and he had that runway show and people was like what is going on at mm -hmm. this runway mm-hmm but in his mind it's so fantastic this is the and best thing narcissism mm -hmm. and those psychotic symptoms come in at even with him talking about drake like it would be no drake without me sir kanye stop yeah no stop. Yeah. So we're gonna pray for Kanye. He's on the way. Pray list for Kanye. Pray that he gets on the trailer and that he gets a team. And that's the thing about celebrities is that if he was on the block, more people would be on him. But now that he's rich, he has people that's on his payroll. Yeah. That's gonna say yes, Kanye. Yeah. They, they don't, don't want to be taken off the money. That is not gonna tell you no. You're going to the doctor. Right. No, we're not doing this. Yeah. And then. They wouldn't be, and then also it's the media fault. Is that why are you still booking this man for events? Uh -huh. Why was you just on SNL? You yeah. know this male is untreated, so you're trying to capitalize off it, of that. Yep. So we need to put also the blame at social at the media right now. You yeah. should not be booking him for events and and, and different television things. shows because you know he gonna fly off the handle. Right, and then I feel like also just as a wife um i would never allow my husband to to present himself in such a way do you not like that i can keep him from but we would be having to have some conversation about getting you about getting you treatment because at the end of the day um it's my job as a wife is to be like the helpmate to my husband and it's in the bible like i'm your helper I'm here to tell you, like, yo, you messing up, homie. Like, when, when my husband dropped the ball on something, we, you know, we have a very honest conversation about it. And we, you know, we talk about it and we can have those conversations because I am in a position where he trusts what I have to say and trusts my intentions. And so, you know, after a lot of these incidents, Kim Kardashian will come on, like, leave my husband alone. He's in a great space. No, you're enabling him to continue to, but you know what? We don't know what's going on in that home. Yeah. And Kim Kardashian is not even being Kim Kardashian no more. She's been very much scripted. And that has been said since she's came out. Okay. So you also, you know, she doesn't know, you know, and she needs support too. You know, so if she came out, um, once again, it's not going on in, in the home. If she got on TV, that's you talking about a conversation between you and your husband at home. Right. If you right. got on TV and said my husband is sick and he's and he's delusional. I wouldn't do that. That's that's a totally different thing. Yeah. Right. So once again, the media needs to stop putting him in the spotlight right now and taking advantage of it. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Yes, honey. So we're gonna pray for Kanye. But when I saw that story, I was like, I need Tiffany to like give me her take on this because mental health is not my I'm not the passionist, okay? <laughs> um and I so yeah, we definitely appreciate your insight and some diagnoses and just giving us like some symptoms. Um I have done some like reading and research on narcissism and that's why I was like, how does this differ between him just being, you know, a narcissist versus him really having 
um, mental disorder. So that dual diagnosis was definitely a learning lesson for me. Like you can have, and I, and I, now that I think about it, like I have taken care of kids with multiple um, diagnoses, just like with your body, you can have multiple, um, you can have hypertension and diabetes. So you can definitely have narcissistic personality disorder and bipolar disorder with psychotic features. Is that what you said, Tiffany? Yes. Yeah. So you can, you can have dual diagnoses. And so it's just very important again, to get help, um, to surround yourself with people that, um, that have your best intention at hand, no matter what's on the table. And I do agree that the people around him are so, are too busy, like worried about being on payroll that, um, nobody has stepped up and And then that's the part too when a person enters into psychosis psychosis is very hard to treat and to maintain Mm -hmm. because when they end psychosis their world is so much better really right they they are experienced so they're less likely to stay on their medications right um and so this is why he probably is struggling to stay on his medications because when he's in mania combated by uh, delusions that someone's out to get him all those other mm-hmm. things like that no one is gonna you know ingest something in their body yeah yeah so i mean because they're so, like, what you put in these pills yeah 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 that's good thank you tiffany yeah. i knew when i saw it i was like i said do you have the energy i don't want i said do you have the energy we need to discuss this i don't i have um I just, I lost, like, my energy for Kanye has been gone since the Taylor Swift thing, (laughs) and even thinking back on that, like, I'm like, yep, there was definitely, yep, that was an outburst, and I feel like we've gotten so used to the shock and awe of Kanye West that we need to realize that these are all symptoms and a part of, um, a part of a disease. Yeah, let's take that pressure off him of being a cultural influence at this point. He cannot bear that. Yeah. So as a, as a society, as a, you know, a lover of music and that culture right now, let's take that off of him. Because mm-hmm. honestly, when people, some of the, the feedback that people have, you know, you're a disgrace to the culture now, um, you know, things like that, that perpetuates psychosis right. and, and, and those, uh, per, you know, thoughts of persecution. Right. And so that's actually making him more ill and more resistant to treatment. Right, right. So we have to take that, take that off of him. He can't handle that right now. Legit. Yes. Okay, come through, Tim. All right, y'all. So we are going to switch gears. Um, so you guys know that we have been talking about um, sexual health. HIV, AIDS, STDs, we're here for the whole gamut. And so Tiffany led us off this month. We had an awesome discussion about um, sexual trauma in our community and recovering from sexual trauma. So if you haven't heard that, go back and listen. Um, we have had, yet last week, Don was it yesterday, y'all, come on now. Um, last week, Donna gave us a really awesome um, conversation and discussion about HIV AIDS testing and the stigma that faces that and getting tested with your partner. If you're not a part of the Facebook group, if you are not a part of the Facebook group, join, join, join. You need to be because we also had um, an exclusive um, interview with Darnisha Williams and we talked about um, public health efforts and HIV AIDS and that was awesome. And we have a couple more surprises for you guys this month. So my segment tonight it's Sharla, the PDNP, aka the like pediatric nurse practitioner. So I'm going to be talking about talking to your teens about sex. Let's talk about sex, baby. I need that song. I, that's all the only part I know, though. Um, so Let's talk about you. And okay, come through. I, like, I know. I just know about. I just know that that one part. Um, so a lot of people. I feel like are very hesitant to talk about um, sex with their teenagers. And so I'm going to go through and we're going to just kind of talk about why it is so important. Um, So the CDC said there were about 20 million new STD infections last year, 20 million. Out of the 20 million, half of those people were from between ages 15 to 24. 
So um, STDs, they cost our healthcare system about 16 billion with a B um, dollars every year. And in cases where STDs go undiagnosed, like with HPV and herpes, um, those aren't even reported. Like there are some people who don't even get treated, don't get reported. Um, so these numbers can even be kind of skewed because there are some people that don't seek treatment. They either don't know or they are just um, avoiding this, like avoiding dealing with it. So, um, so let's talk about like how STDs are passed. And I know most people are like, what? I know you have sex. No, we're, we talk about this because it's more than just sexual contact. Some of these viruses are spread skin to skin. Um, like droplets, so it's like fluids. So you really need to be aware that it's not just um, penetration or vaginal intercourse or anal intercourse where you can, you know, contract an STD. You can get, um, so STDs include like chlamydia, gonorrhea, genital herpes, HPV, which is human papillomavirus, um, syphilis and HIV, a lot of them, you don't have symptoms for a long time. So that's where we talk about those people that are undiagnosed or underdiagnosed. Um, you can, you can have, you can pass, like, let's say um, HSV, which is herpes simplex virus or herpes. If you give oral sex to somebody and they have an open lesion, even if it's one that you don't notice, even if it's the slightest thing, you then can contract herpes. Um, it's skin-to-skin -skin contact. HSV, also skin-to-skin -skin contact. So I know, Tiffany, you were sharing something that you had learned um, earlier this week yeah. about the skin-to-skin -skin contact. I thought I was informed. I thought I was woke. No, yeah. I was still snapping. <laughs> yeah, so Tiffany had like shared, uh, shared a story about um, someone who just basically through skin-to-skin -skin contact, um, the disease was still transmitted. And so absolutely, and that's why it's important for us to talk about it. Um, so in 2017, right, Black women ages 15 to 19, so again, these are teenagers, um, were four and a half times more likely than white women to um, contract um, chlamydia same thing among the men. Well, the men, it was even higher. So men, 15 to 19, um, almost nine times more likely to contract chlamydia than our white counterparts. Um, we as African-Americans were eight, eight times higher uh, risk of getting gonorrhea. And then again with syphilis too, you see this giant disparity where we're four and a half more times likely to get it um, as um, as a culture altogether, and then with women, they're five times more likely than white women to get syphilis, and men are about four and a half more times likely to get um, syphilis than uh, white men. And when I say when I say women and men, all of this data are individuals who are 15 to 19 years old. So this these this isn't adults; these are kids; these are teenagers. Um, so I think that the biggest thing is tackling the stigma in our community. Um, there is a culture that I feel like, and I'm, I have questions that I'm going to follow up with, um, that in our community, our parents don't talk to us about sex. And if they do so, it is not in a way of education. It is in a way of, don't you bring no baby in this house. Yep. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. I am not taking care of it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Just know that. Yeah. So my question to you ladies. So did your parents have the sex talk with you? Nope. Never. Um I had all brothers. Okay. Um, but like you said, it was more from a fear standpoint. Yeah. It was just like Dudes just want to get in your pants. Mm -hmm. um, make sure you wear a condom. In fact, my brother said, I don't care if you have to get a garbage bag and have a wrap it around. Oh, wow. <laughs> and in retrospect, I'm like, 
how would that have worked? Yeah, that would have slid off. That would have slid right um, off. (laughs) He was like, you know, make sure you use a condom. And if you don't want to use a condom, close your legs. I bet you get put on a condom. And don't bring home no babies because I ain't helping taking care of it. And that was pretty much the sex talk. Yeah. Dying, you were saying. And my brother did, one of my brothers did have one thing to say. He said, because I had three brothers, and in one of his sensible moments, he said, because that was rare for him, um, <laughs> he said that, you know what, Tiffany, sex is really overrated. Yeah. yeah, it feels good, but at the end of the day, it's really overrated. And once you start, it's so easy to start just being... He didn't use this word, but last the days to go with your body. Right, right. That you go from one partner to three partners to, oh, what's a one night stand? And it just can become a vicious cycle. So just keep that in mind and wait as long as you can. Yeah. That was my talk. Okay. See, that's more than, but that's more than what most kids get. Um, my yeah. parents so the wait as much as you can has lasted 34 years. Come through. So I don't think he should have okay. included that part, but that's just You're doing right. Part. You doing right, child. You so doing right. Um, yeah, my sex talk was not <laughs> was like, don't you bring a lady in this house? Uh, my dad was in the army, and he we never really I don't remember us like sitting down and having a conversation about it. But I just knew never to like try that man. Like, <laughs> like I don't. Do you know who my parents are? I will be died. Do you know that? Huh? You don't want me to be died. So, um, it was never a conversation of, um, let's, you know, let's sit down and talk about this or that. Now, as we got older with my mom, we definitely had conversations about our bodies, um, in regards to like, okay, now you're an older girl and you're getting breasts. And so you need to wear a bra and, you know, the periods and stuff like that. But then it, again, no, never a conversation with, um, you know, about sex and, these hormones that I have that are raging and like, what do I do? And what do I do if something happens? And what do I do if I want to have sex? Um, it wasn't, it, there was no conversation like that. And so what I always ask is, um, you know, have your parents talk to you about sex? And then we kind of, we talk about it. And I always encourage the parents, you know, it needs to be an ongoing conversation as things change. You don't do the birds and the bees talk one and done. Um, because it doesn't go away like that. This is something that's evolving. This is something that you want to continue to talk to your teen about. Um, and you want to make sure that you have control of the narrative because I feel like some parents feel like if I talk to my teen about sex, then they then feel like I am giving them, um, permission to go out and have sex, which is actually quite different. I feel like because of that fear, we just sit and we say nothing, but don't think that because you're not talking to them about it, that they're not hearing about it. That is very false. And that's something that we need to go ahead and debunk right now. Because if your sixth grader is going to school with other sixth graders, you are now allowing the opportunity for six for sixth graders, what they're like 12, 10, 11, to teach your sixth grader about sex because they're talking about it. It's in the media, it's on the news, um, on shows, social media now, it's in music and songs. So your child, you know, us not being proactive, it, it allows the world to um, kind of build the narrative that your child is gonna have around sex versus you guys having a conversation and you letting them know, yes, this is a thing, kind of like what your brother did, Tiffany. This is a thing and this is what you need to know and let's, you know, let's talk about it. Um, because if not, they're being educated, it's just not by you. Totally agree. Like, I don't know. I have a funny story about that though. My, having all brothers is kind of interesting. Uh-huh. Um, so my brother was like, you know, I was always like pretty developed, like my whole life. Like, yeah. So my brother was like, you know, it's going to be older men who try to talk to you mm-hmm. and they're going to say, it's an old song by Keith Sweat that you're not a little girl, but you're a woman, but no, you are still a young woman. You're still a young lady. You're not grown yet. Right. 
flashed back to the next day. I'm on a bus stop coming back from a trip from school and we run into these guys and they like in their twenties, I'm 16 and I'm trying to tell him he being a pedophile. Yeah. Come uh, on. I'm too young for you. And he says, you not a little girl. You a woman. And in my mind, I just yeah. started busting up laughing. I was like, my I had this conversation with my brother yesterday. You Definitely. lie. You lie. <laughs> Sorry, take that pickup line somewhere else. Uh, I don't want to hear nothing about your mind telling you no, but your body telling you yes. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it, sir. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you tried it. Um, I definitely, like I said, I definitely feel like one of the biggest things in our culture is, again, like a lot of stuff is based on fear. And I think it's really important. Like you're not going to scare your child out of not having sex, but what you will do is isolate them and then they won't talk to you. Um, and you want to have that line of communication open with them to even if they make a mistake, even if they have sex, they're not, they're not avoiding telling you about symptoms that they may have that needs to be treated. Um, because they're afraid of your response and what's going to happen. Like they'd rather die or be infertile or whatever the, like whatever consequence of long-term untreated STD, depending on the STD that they have, they would rather just not tell you at all. And just so to not have that line of communication open is actually more of a danger to your child than it is, you know, and a positive thing. It's not a positive thing at all. Because again, like I said, you want to be in control of the narrative. You don't want them Googling symptoms and trying to figure out what they have and, you know, sneaking here and trying to take stuff there or, you know, buying pills online that they think may be antibiotics. Like it just kind of sets up the, um, the, like a cascade domino effect of, of things that shouldn't happen um, because their line of communication isn't open. So based on your kid's age, that's what, that's the kind of conversation you should be having with these children. So my kids, I start off the sex talk at like 11. Now, when the kids are like four to five, we have a, we have a, it's not a sex talk. It's a my private parts and my private parts talk. So, like, starting about four or five, when they can really understand, you know, I'll say, you know, when it comes to your private parts, we only, you know, we don't let anybody look at our private parts. Our private parts are mom, are, um, are mine, and if something's going on, you need to talk to mommy. I don't, I'm, I am even hesitant sometimes to say daddy, um, but I'm like, you know, talk to mommy, and, or daddy, or whoever's bringing them in and let them know something's going on, and, you know, and they'll help you, but your private parts are yours, and not to be touched, looked at, or anything else with, you know, by any, any other adult, any other kid, because now you have to worry about, you know, kids being, um, exhibiting those behaviors, because somebody at home may be doing it to them, like other, like classmates, and so that talk we have about five, but starting even as early as nine or ten, I start talking to them about sex, Okay, are you having sex? Now, the older they get, the more graphic it gets. So when they're nine, 10 years old, we talk about like peer pressure and sex and drugs and, um, you know, is there anything that you want to tell me or any concerns that you have, anything that you need to tell me without mommy or daddy in the room? And if, if you're a parent and we ask you that as your healthcare professional. It's not because we're trying to hide anything from you. And I always tell the parents this, we're not trying to hide anything from you. Please believe that if it's anything that's going to be life or death for your child, there are certain things that I'm obligated to tell you. But every kid doesn't feel comfortable talking to their parent about sex and their body and how they're feeling. So when we ask you guys to step out of the room, don't punish your child for um asking you to step out of the room so we can talk because you would rather somebody know that is an adult, a responsible adult, what's going on with your child um, for you to be completely out of the loop. And then we're completely out of the loop and we can't help. So there have been instances, I actually had one this week 
where um, this young lady, like I told you guys um, a couple weeks ago, when our teenagers come in, we drop urine for gonorrhea and chlamydia. We don't care what you say about you being sexually active because I've had some Virgin Marys come back positive for, for gonorrhea. Like how? Hmm? How you, what? What is this? How? How, Sway? You said you wouldn't have sex. Um, so, you know, we, I always ask the parents, is it okay for me to give, call mom with the results? Or do you want me to call you? Or we set up a password, all of that. And I had a parent this week try to pretend to be her daughter on the phone so she could try to get information for me. Yeah, and, and I was just like, ma'am, I said, okay, well, I need to see you face to face and then we'll go over everything. Because when I asked her, me and the young lady had talked about something very specific at her last visit. And when I said, okay, um, after they, we got the name and date of birth, she couldn't, she didn't know the code word, quote unquote, the mom impersonating the girl and she I said okay well what did we talk about our last visit I hope it was my birth control oh you hope huh okay okay you weren't there because you're not her good day to you ma'am um so here are some things and here are some tips that I have for talking about your kids so if you don't feel comfortable talking to them about sex please don't please even just making the environment comfortable where you don't get offended if they ask for you to step out so we can discuss something um, and just know that as a healthcare professional, we have the best intentions for your child as possible um, when we have those moments with them. Also, I think it's, it's something that needs to be ongoing. So you wanna start talking to them early and you wanna start talking to them often. Um, you need to be ready to answer questions. You need to listen to your child, even if you don't agree with their opinion or their, their um, point of view, it's important to allow them to express themselves, um, making sure that the environment is one that is set for having a discussion. Um, so don't do it while y'all sitting there watching television. Like this needs to be something that you guys um, do where you guys are both fully engaged um, and you don't want to jump right into it. You can do something as easy as, you know, you guys are watching a movie and let's say, you know, a sexual innuendo is made or there's a scene that is, you know, explicit. That may be a time to prompt and say, you know, they show a lot of sex on TV. Like, what do you know about sex? How do you feel about sex? Um, are there kids in your school having sex? Going back to um, Donna's story earlier, I had a mom that I was telling her about the jewel cartridge and the kid knew it by name. He's like, oh yeah, the kids in my school use that. And the mom was flabbergasted because he was like 12. I said, see, I told you, he know what it is. So yeah. these, these kids know and they're being exposed. Um, so take the opportunity to control the narrative. You want to be honest about how you're feeling. Um, and again, not having that environment that's threatening to them. So I've had patients come in and like, what do you think about me getting, like, I want to I want to have babies with my boyfriend. And I listen and I say, okay. And a lot of times I ask, okay, well, what is, what's your plan then? You know, you, what's your plan for school? What's this? What's that? What happened? And I just run scenarios. What happens if baby gets sick? Like, because then you got to take off work, you got to take off school. And by the end of it, they're like, you know what, I think I'm gonna go ahead and get my devil shot. I just wanted to make sure we can talk about it. Um, and, you, and I do so in a way and I was like, it's not, you know, that's not, you're not, it's a lot of responsibility and having sex is a big responsibility. Um, I always tell my teens too, if you are, abstinence is the only way 100% to not get pregnant or to get an STD, and I always lead off with that. I said, but if you feel like you absolutely know that you wanna have sex, you need to come and talk to mom, or you need to come in and talk to me. Because when you make adult decisions, like having sex, we need to have adult conversations, like STDs. I said, because with that comes a lot of responsibility. Um, so I just encourage parents to talk to their children about um, STDs. You want to make sure that you're the one that's influencing them and not the media or friends or their friend's older sister down the street. Um, 
you want to make sure that if your teen is having sex, give them condoms. Just because you don't buy them condoms doesn't mean that they're not going to have the sex, ma'am. They're going to still go do it, and they're just going to do so unprotected. Um, so you want to make sure that even if your teen is deciding to have sex, the biggest thing, you guys, isn't that they are, you know, abstinent, which I, I look, I love Jesus so I definitely try to encourage my teens. I'm like, you know, every time you, I tell girls, every time you have sex with a boy or with a person, and I tell the boys too, like you give them a piece of yourself. So if you glued two pieces together, uh, two pieces of paper together and you pull them apart, there would be evidence that there's two pieces of paper that, you know, that the papers were um, glued together. So definitely you know, we want to teach abstinence, but we all know that that's not 100% realistic, that every kid is going to be abstinent. So have the floor open to um, having the conversation with your kids about sex. So my number one take home with this isn't about, you know, the numbers and the rates, which it is crazy. Though, like, I just, those statistics are to show you that these kids are having sex and getting STDs. What are we going to do as a community, as parents, as um, even being mentors um, to young ladies and men to have the conversation with them about sex, doing so in a way that's safe and protecting themselves. So the biggest takeaway about talking to your teen about sex is to actually have the conversation. And it needs to be an ongoing conversation. It's not a one and done. Um, you want to know how many partners you want to know. You want to, you want to constantly update yourself and just constantly touch base with them to kind of help them navigate um, some of the things they may be experiencing, particularly if they are having sex. Um, just talking with them about different situations that they're in, even if you don't 100% agree with the choice. So talk to your kids about sex and STDs because it is, their lives depend on it. They can end up you know, sterile, like untreated gonorrhea, lifelong, it'll make it almost impossible for you to get pregnant. Um, and I would like to add having a balanced conversation. Yeah. You know, and and I was kind of, when I was having this conversation earlier with the colleague, it's like, it's either all or nothing. Either it's a, you are a slut and you're irresponsible, um, you're going to get pregnant. Versus you can have a meaningful relationship where sex is, is pleasurable and it's safe and it's okay, you yep. know? So it doesn't have to always be condemning or fear-based, uh, fear yep. but also even saying, you know, I know some things that contribute to me being able to say I want to abstain was saying that, hey, did you know if you abstain, here are some of the benefits or here's some of the cons. Yeah. It's always both ways too. Right. Here's some of the benefits of, of you know, starting having sex early. From what I hear, it's not that good if that's when you that young. Yeah. Right? So having those balanced conversations so it's not always so serious mm -hmm. or so condemning. Yep. Yeah, when I when I have the conversation with the teens in the office, I just like I always do do it in a way, it's a heavy topic. So we'll talk about it. Um, and you know, I always make like little jokes, like, okay, because I want to see, like, let me find out on the Snapchat. Like, they always think I'm crazy, like, you out here. Because even with this talk, too, um, with my teenagers, I talk to them about sexting and being responsible with you know their actions online because some of these kids are getting arrested and getting um placed on the pedophilia list, on the sexual offenders list from sexting instances other kids their age and so you know we talk about it but it's in a way where you know i'll throw in a joke here or there so they understand like you can have this conversation and it doesn't you're right it doesn't have to be heavy and deep and hellfire and brimstones um but i always tell them like and i always i do that so in the event that they do make the decision to have sex they don't feel comfortable talking to mom. They know they can talk, talk to me because our conversation is, I'm going to keep it real with you, but I'm going to make sure that whatever you do, you're doing so safely. Um, I give out condoms on the rig and, and it, it just is a balance. And so I definitely agree that 
just presenting pros and cons and, you know, allowing them to talk out loud through their, their choices and giving them real life um, instances. Like I had a young girl who she was 18 and she came in and she was pregnant. Um, and so, you know, I was talking to her and just asking her like, you know, what's your plan? And definitely I didn't, it wasn't, it was more of like a very like congratulatory, you know, she was excited about having her baby. Now on the inside, I was like, boo, you are so young. But when I asked her, I said, so are you and dad together? You guys finally get married? She was like, girl, I'm too young for that. I said, wait, what? She was like, I am too young to be getting married. And I was like, ma'am, you, you've already committed yourself to this man. You guys are going to be raising a child together. That's a lifelong commitment. And she was like, oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, like, it stumped her. I was like, that is a lifelong commitment. I just figured that y'all, I just was asking because, like, y'all are committed. You're already, you're already going to, he's already going to be a part of your life for the rest of your life. Um, and it, it just kind of, like, stumped her for a second. And she was like, yeah, I sure would do it down the line, which ended up being her answer. But she was just, her mind, I kind of blew her mind. I could tell. She was like, what? I was like, well, I just figured because y'all, like, y'all are committed, committed. Like, you have a baby together. It just, yeah, yeah. So please talk to your teens. Um, and it's important because knowledge is power and we're dying from lack of knowledge. Awesome sauce, man. That's the 100. That's, That's what's going team. on. And parents also, I will say this, get informed about the secret codes that they use. Yes. So when you're... You know, you start to be on top of stuff. And they got things that they're saying and cold words that mean certain things. Emojis. Um, you have to be informed. So ask questions. Um, be proactive. Do your own research outside of your kids. Mm -hmm. So you know what's going on. Because that's the part of being an adolescent, too. You're not going to tell your parents everything. Yep. So, um and with technology, it makes it even easier. So those are some things to keep in mind, too. Yeah, being in social media, like Instagram account, Facebook accounts, all that stuff. Snapchat, because stuff disappears. Mm -hmm. Knowing the emojis. The eggplant is not a vegetable in the emoji. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and eggplant is that D, dear. <laughs> <laughs> that is I'm so slow it was months and months and I was like why do people keep putting this green with the water I don't understand <laughs> what's going on <laughs> yes yes ask that's questions a people ask yeah. questions. like what is this oh y'all eating peaches no that's a booty just so <laughs> yes yes guys health so, wins health, health wins. wins let's wrap it up bring it home what you got Tiff man my health win was I actually went grocery shopping um so I want to eat fast food every day yes yes and um I contacted a health coach so I'm in the process of scheduling an appointment so that I can get some kind of some aid and a personalized plan for me and my lifestyle awesome. going into the new year. That's amazing. Yes. Come on, Tiff. Um, just for my, our listeners out there, and Donna's going to yell at me, but let me get my whole thought out, man, before you yell at me, okay? Let if y'all ain't never grocery shopped um, online, with Walmart groceries. I got to do it. I got to get, oh get there. It will bless your so life. It. I am wholeheartedly against it. I'm Donna's like, stop. Now, I don't do my produce. I go and get my produce from Publix. But I don't need to look at mm -mm. a box of a box of noodles. Like, a box of noodles is a box of noodles, honey. Mm -mm. You can go ahead, sir, and pull that off the shelf for me. Walmart grocery will bless your life. Y'all don't even understand. I severely dislike the grocery store, and so I just wanted to I do, too. Yeah. That's why I was a victory. Yeah. Yes. Three grocery stores in it's one me. Day. I will God has them. better for you, sis. God has better for you. Go walmartgrocery.com. I am not even being, I, this is not a sponsorship. When I tell y'all, it blesses my life, okay? Mm -hmm. 
they you pull into the orange spot, Tiffany. You hear me? Okay. You ain't even got to get out the car. They okay. say, ma'am, this is your order. If they have to make substitutions, they'll let you know you got to approve the substitutions. And if you say no, then they take it back. But they say, ma'am, this is your order. And they put it in the car for you and you pull off in the name That's of Jesus. It. That's it. In the Favor. name of Jesus. Favor. Walmart grocery. Honey, yes. Donald's like, why do you do that? You need to look at your produce and your food. Yes. Like, it's something about me where I have to go inside the grocery store and I have to see everything. Everything. Mm -hmm. I could not have someone grocery shopping for me because I may be in the store. I may be like, oh, I need this. What if you don't, though? See, I make a list. I'm in the house and I know what I need because I can walk over to my fridge and then add it to my cart. Like, oh, yeah, we out of that. I have to go. I'm old fashioned. And I also want to add that I walk by faith and not by sight. So I need to be strolling through the aisles. Hey, hey, I look up to the hills, which comes my help. Oh, my help comes. My help wins. Grocery shopping for you. My help one this week, y'all. Drum roll. When I say your girl is downtown. Town. Woo woo. Hey, come on to be snatched. I'm gonna keep saying that until I until I arrive at the level of snatch that I want to be. But I have made my first little step down 10 pounds in a month. I'm here for it. I'm ready. Come through all 2019. All right. Woo-hoo. Uh, my health win is probably about a couple months ago. Not really a couple months ago. I was like going to the gym, got a gym membership, was meal prepping, was eating healthy. Now that I moved back to Jacksonville, not so. So I just have booked my first, on, well, not online, uh, my first training session. So I'm doing that. Okay. Uh, next week and then i'm gonna try to get back into doing yoga because i really mm-hmm. like the, the yoga okay i'm gonna do some yoga i'm gonna start that working out I'm gonna start meal prepping probably not until after christmas um <laughs> but yeah because your girl gonna be eating all types of stuff yeah. christmas. but after christmas i'm going on like this strict very strict uh kind of meal plan where i'm gonna try to do i'm gonna eat meat but i'm gonna probably do like meat maybe like uh once a week and then the rest will be like fish um things like that so i'm gonna try try out a couple um options and kind of see what really works for me the best that's awesome so it sounds like your health win is reevaluation and recommitment to yourself. On that note, you guys, um, we will be back next week with our last episode of 2018 of the Your Health is Lit podcast. And it's going to be amazing. Um, we are inviting you guys. You definitely want to be a part of the group. Next month, we'll be starting our health and wellness. So we're going to talk about nutrition. We have a nutritionist coming into the group. We're going to be talking about diets and I'm working on diet. Like I'm working on meal plans. All this stuff is free in our group. So you definitely want to be a part as we gear up to get into 2019. And we bid you good day. Good night. Good night, everybody. There can people that listen to this in the middle of the day. You're gonna be like, "What, y'all? We record this podcast so late on a Wednesday. Y'all don't even understand. They y'all get the new drop on Friday, but Wednesday nights, child. My other other job. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So good night, guys. We are so excited. Have a blessed Christmas, and we will talk to you guys before the new year.